Hello, dear podcast friends. Welcome to Insights and Beyond, Digitalization, Sustainability and Technology. The podcast by Trelleborg Ceiling Solutions. You're in the right place if you're interested in the driving questions around topics like digitalization, electrification and sustainability. And above all, if you want to participate in a discussion with your exciting questions and comments. Experience the talks with our experts from Trelleborg and specialists from business, industry and research. So have fun with a new episode of Insights and Beyond. It's the 8th of January in 2021 and it's power failure. And not just in one small town, but all over Europe. We have only just missed a total blackout. This clearly shows that our lives are developing in such a way that the demand for energy is constantly growing. So we don't only need smart technologies that control energy management and ensure supply. We also have to take a closer look at whether we can make our lives and, above all, our economy more sustainable and efficient. And so that I'm not alone here with the questions, I'm very pleased to have two experts at my side who are joining me in addressing these issues. Claudia Alt Head of Sustainability Management at Weiland and Professor Dr. Konrad Sauer, Vice President Innovation and Technology at Trelleborg Ceiling Solution. Hi Hello. There. Hi there. Hello. Hello. So we're here together in a very new normal way. So uh, Konrad and I, we're sitting here uh, in, a, in a sound studio and you are connected to us via a video call. So this is clearly the new normal. And this is something we want to talk about in that podcast episode. And of course, we want to answer some questions from the audience. But before we do so, let's start with our little format questions. If someone were to give a book title about your plans on sustainability in 2021, what would be the title of it, Konrad? Hmm. Mission Possible. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good mindset. I love it. And I'm I'm really wondering right now how that cover would look like, but I think that's better kept secret here in my mind. And I hand <laughs> over in uh, to um, yeah, Claudia. What what kind of book would you write for 2021? My title would probably be a little bit more dry. It would be a nonfiction book, making a meaningful contribution with corporate sustainability. But of course, Mission Possible sounds really sexy. <laughs> yeah, but you can still beat him with a really fancy cover and then that title. It's also fine. Um, <laughs> I'll try that out. <laughs> second question. Everyone is talking about sustainability. What question do we have to ask ourselves to make the new normal more sustainable? Claudia. Um, one big point for me is how can we keep that momentum which we have at the moment for sustainability? Uh, it has never been that high in public perception as today. Uh, how can we keep that? Um, and how can we take people with us and motivate them to, to act uh, sustainably? And yeah, this is basically the point for me. Yeah, I think... There is opportunities. And as Claudia said, we do have a momentum. We have an opportunity right now. We should, however, be cautious. And change for the sake of change is not necessarily change in a positive direction. So we need to discuss what a good new normal is, a more sustainable new normal is. So I think the, the key challenge is take the opportunity, but use it wisely. 
Use it wisely. Think wisely. Use it and act wisely. That is also a good advice. And we're going to start right now with our questions from the audience. We have uh, several questions. One of them are from our Trelleborg Ceiling Conference Europe, uh, which has taken place in November last year. And we also reached some questions here from our uh, audience. We received them. So we're going to ask those mixed questions here in that podcast episode. And the first question is, can large companies really be fully transparent uh, about their sustainability? Claudia, what do you say? Is that even possible? Um, fully transparent? Um, no, but I think it's not about being fully transparent. Um, it's about communicating about the main points um, and that this is for us as, as a company. And if we're talking about supply chain um, and transparency in supply chain, I think it's um, easy to or relevantly easy um, partly easy to uh, have a look in the tier one in the direct suppliers but it's much more difficult to look more deeply in the supply chain to go to tier two tier three and so on um, here it's really difficult to have transparency um, I think we then rely on the supplier to for himself take care about the transparency in the in the in the further steps um, so full transparency I think I think we, we cannot really get that. Um, but of course, we need to take care about transparency in the, yeah, in our main risks. From a supplier perspective, what would you say, Konrad? Is it really possible to do a fully transparent uh, or to create a fully transparent picture of sustainability? I don't think so. Uh, because we, we we live in a in a globally connected world. And when, for example, I buy a kilogram of material, I usually don't know where it, it's coming from. Steel is a perfect example. It's a traded good. When I buy a, a ton of steel, uh, it could come from various sources. Steel, another perfect example, has a lot of recycled content. Um, and do I am I supposed to know where the, the the recycled steel came from? No. What I want to know is that I get the steel that I buy for my manufacturing process that it is responsibly produced steel. So I think the the direct suppliers are something that we can work with and transparency along the value chain is increasingly important, particularly for us as someone that, that is a tier three, tier four supplier in some industries where our biggest contribution is to work with our customers to help them to achieve their objectives. So we see ourselves as an enabler. And well, that part of the transparency that I have towards my customers, I probably will never have. Um, and, and I don't need it. What we need is the dialogue about where can we help our customers create value. So focusing on the main parts of sustainability, not on every single part of it, that's uh probably a good way to go. But um, speaking of the new normal, since we're sitting in our home office right now, I keep wondering how you would achieve, how you can achieve all your climate goals. I mean, everyone is talking about, I think yours is uh, 50 by 25, so 50% reduction of CO2 emission. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that is a big 
big, big problem since we're sitting all at home doing our home office. How can you make sure that you're really CO2 neutral? Is there a new chief sustainability officer who's walking through my living room and telling me <laughs> what's going wrong there and I have to change it? Or how, wh what is going on? How, how can you be sure to be CO2 neutral? Is that even possible with home office? Well, pure formally, that is not in the scope of our greenhouse gas declarations because that's what you do privately. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so good for that, you. That, that, no, it, it, it's good and bad. I think that's part of our new normal where we need to rethink. Is is there something where we incentivize our people that work from home um, to buy green electricity? Um, th that's questions we need to ask ourselves. Um, but at the same time, because they are working from home, they don't commute to work. There is also positive climate impacts. Uh, on those. So we don't know yet if they are balancing out, if they are equaling out, or if it is even a net gain. That we don't know. But of course, uh, this is an important question, and we need to go back into the analytics and really find out what is it and what can we do. And, and uh, I mean, making people aware uh, of what they do is, is certainly important. Awareness, yeah. So what is your awareness, uh, Claudia, uh, when it comes to the home office situation? I mean, you're responsible for heating our living rooms, for example. Is that your big moment right now since we're all sitting at home and working from there? <laughs> I hope you had an efficient heating at home before and don't need it now that you're in home office. Uh, but if you need one, let us know. <laughs> I um, think we should talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. Uh, um, the, the biggest lever is not uh, the electricity, uh, which is used for, for the lighting of the offices. Uh, for us as a producing uh, company, the biggest lever is really in uh, the energy uh, demand in production in the processes, but also in the buildings. And even if some people are working in home office, I think in the future uh, they will work remotely more as before. But uh, still some people will also be in the office again. Uh, so efficiency of buildings is also a big point. And, and then, of course, production. And uh, those levers are not changing uh, because of home office. So have you more targeted on uh, green energy right now since this new normal is happening to us? Or was it always kind of a big goal for you to make green um, energy working for everyone? Um, well, green energy definitely is for me one one of the biggest levers uh, for for being, uh, yeah, for for being able to achieve the decarbonization which we need for the future to fulfill the climate targets. Um, of course, we as a as a heating appliance provider cannot provide the energy. We can just provide the appliances which use the energy um, as efficient as possible, of course. Um, but yeah, definitely green energy is one of the, the key uh, topics for the future, which we, which we definitely need to be able to fulfill our climate targets. Yeah, and if you want to do the math, you have to take care about your partners. I mean, of course, you can't provide the energy, but you can choose your partner. And uh, speaking of focusing on maybe some new, let's say, aspects or topics, I think a lot of people aren't aware um, where Trelleborg is 
in it, let's say like mm-hmm. that. Um, so you're also in a lot of products uh, in our everyday life, not only in a in a economy situation with mm-hmm. with other uh, companies, but also in my life. Is that something that you say right now? Okay, this is a good opportunity for us to maybe provide more products or even better products um, to, to help uh, in that sustainability situation to make home office more sustainable. Well, not only home office, but all our lives. And as you rightly so say, I mean, we are in almost every car. We are in all planes. We are in your showerhead. Um, so there, in your daily life, you are in contact with our products day in, day out, like it or not. Um, <laughs> so, but we see that there is the new normal. We do have an opportunity right now to rethink innovations we have an opportunity to rethink technologies um, in, in the in the mobility sector we talk about electrification hydrogen is is, is being discussed uh, Claudia's industry is talking about um, mixed industries um, efficiencies whatever have you so I think there is a lot of momentum and we are trying to position ourselves in a way that we can help contribute for our customers to to make a difference and we see calls for opportunities. Can you help us improving um, products and services? You mentioned two very important keywords. We're going to talk about that later, efficiency and mixed uh, mixed energy systems. But maybe we can remain for a second uh, at the point of technology because there's another question from the audience. Uh, someone asked, what are the technology challenges to support sustainability? And I have to admit, Claudia, before I did my research, I haven't heard much about your competence yet and I was pretty <laughs> surprised how really technological you are thinking and and creating your product so maybe you can talk about the technology challenges to support the sustainability yeah for us there are basically two parts of that challenge one is what what can we as a company do and and the other point is uh, what can we do with our products and um talking uh, for us as a company first um, besides the topic we already talked about green energy it's of course about increasing energy efficiency so just reducing energy consumption um this was easier in the beginning when we started with sustainability uh, the the low hanging fruits are always easy to pick and then it gets more difficult um, nevertheless we we keep on um, going and, and second point is uh, our products how can we enable our customers um, to be sustainable and and to do his uh, contribution uh, to the climate targets and there we of course are focusing uh, in in the in the previous years uh, we've been focusing much on, on renewable energies on heat pumps so really on new technologies uh, in the past uh, we mainly sold gas gas boilers um, and meanwhile we, we really are focusing pretty much on, on heat pumps on providing our customers products which enable him to be part of that uh, global climate challenge and and we want to be part of the solution. So the three P's, the product, the process and the production, is there something to add from <laughs> your perspective? No, I think innovation uh, along all these uh, aspects is absolutely key. 
uh, we are getting better materials that can withstand higher or deeper temperatures that give people like Claudia uh, higher efficiencies because they, if they burn at higher temperature, they, they get a, a better utilization of the, the contained energy. It really is about thinking in these three dimensions. How can we improve our processes? The product itself, they because they carry the environmental impact, this is where we can make the difference. Um, and then it's the people. Um, some of us have to rethink some of our behaviors. Um, but as the an employer, it's also that we need to take our people on the journey. Um, it is a question of engagement, but it's also a question of contribution and participation. So I think it, we have to work multi-layers to be successful. <laughs> so some of us have to ask uh, the questions. That's good. I, I always go with uh, Michael Jackson and I say, starting with the women in the mirror. So it's always good to quest, to question ourselves if that is if that what we're doing is right. And uh, speaking of if that what we are doing is right, um, we're here connected via a video call because Claudia isn't here. And I like to see her because it's very, um, yeah, very good for our flow in the, in the communication to see each other but speaking of that it's not a new technology but uh, some of the let's say advantages of our developed uh, technology is video conference for example and a study from USA says that one hour of a video call or streaming consumes about 150 to 1000 gram of CO2 and about an iPad-sized area of water. And this is so much, I couldn't believe it. I mean, this is really just doing this camera live stream right now. Um, so turning off the camera would save up to 95% of the CO2 emission. And for those who are listening to us, every time when we uh, publish a new episode, you probably know it. For those who are joining us the first time, we always have got a main question. And this is a statement which is called sci-fi or solution. And I want to know from our experts if that is sci-fi. So something I just, uh, yeah, I just imagine it could be or if it's really a solution for the future. And here is your sci-fi or solution statement. The energy consumption by new technologies will be higher than the savings potential. Is that right or is it just a bad idea of myself? Uh, I, I think it depends. Um, but, I, well, from my personal view, I don't think that it will be higher. It will grow, yes. Um, and I'm also aware of the amount of CO2 emissions uh, which which are uh, caused by, for example, streaming solutions. I think all streaming solutions over the world have the same CO2 footprint as Spain or something. I heard that somewhere. Uh, so it's really a lot and I think it will grow. But uh, we have also a, a, a high potential for, for savings and I think in the end the savings will be higher. And I think for me there is another aspect and this is the 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 yeah um what it offers for me personally the 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 advantages for my personal life to have more time for my family for my hobbies um instead of sitting in a train or in a plane um so i think we should not forget about that yeah you're totally right we're not a 
bipolar person who is sometimes working and sometimes uh, doing the normal life stuff. So we are always this one person with all our uh, wishes for life and of course for our everyday life. And uh, yeah, it's good to have free time, if, especially when we're sitting in a home office. <laughs> we have to we have to think about that point. That's a really good point. But Konrad, um, what do you say? Is the brave new technology, uh, brave new technological world, uh, unfortunately a brave new non-sustainable world? Well, I think we would need to do the, the proper studies to find out whether that's, that is true or not. Um, one thing is for sure, it doesn't come for free. Uh, and we have to be aware of that. It, it is not because it is dematerialized. It does not mean it has no environmental impact. Um, it, it has also social impacts. I mean, when when I'm streaming things, uh, I dissocialize. Um, and it, it, if we have to think it through. But for me, it's always the relative comparison. Um, if Claudia, for example, would have joined us by, by train or by plane, she would have caused additional carbon um, emissions. So I'm pretty confident that this is less carbon intense as, um, as Claudia traveling here. So for me, it is a relative improvement. But of course, we would need to have the scientific foundation that we don't do fundamental mistakes. And I think that will be important. The, the decision making should still be based on sound facts. That's a very, very good statement. Nothing's free in life. Even our social media free apps are not free because we pay with our data. And for those who are joining us the first time and say, yeah, that's interesting what they are talking about. We also have a podcast episode about uh, um, besides sustainability, about electrification and about digitalization. So if you're interested in that, just click on the follow button here and you won't miss any episode. And you can listen to our previous episodes about that topics. Yeah, and I don't want to dive in deep into the political side of it, not about regulation part, because we discussed that a lot also in our uh, in our previous podcast. So I just want to point out one thing, which is, in my opinion, very interesting because it's a European thing and it's the Green Deal by the European uh, Union. And the Green Deal relies on technology, for example, or I should better say, especially on technologies like the hydrogen um, strategy or the hydrogen technology. And that even beats kind of the electric energy. So also automotive OEM strongly focus on um, hydrogen right now. And some experts say that the efficiency is difficult and it's technologically very complex to use hydrogen um, systems. So let me ask the question. Everyone is talking about the hydrogen thing, let's say like that. Is the EU and, of course, are the companies on a wrong track when they're just focusing on that right now? What do you say, Claudia? Uh, no, I don't think it's a wrong track. I think it's one of the solutions for the future. We, we definitely believe that um, hydrogen from renewable energies, and that's the important point, can play an important role in in the energy transition um, and uh, in in the uh, for the target of decarbonization and we are also working on solutions for for hydrogen uh, with our appliances um, and yes I think this is one uh, part of uh, the t solutions of the technologies for the future. So what about uh, Trelleborg? Do you also have a hydrogen strategy like the EU? 
yes, of course, we do have a hydrogen strategy, and it's a demanding um, product to seal because of safety requirements. I mean, we we all. Um, have seen the experiments back in school when you bring hydrogen and oxygen together. Uh, it is has a very high energy content. I think the solution, well, solutions will be required for various applications. There is no one size fits all, and hydrogen is is very attractive uh, because it f- can fill. Um, gaps that we currently don't have. I mean, electricity. We talked about it. Electrical cars. You need loading stations. Liquid hydrogen, you could pick up at a gas station. So there would be another form of infrastructure and more broadly available. We need to develop solutions. We need to develop good technologies that are safe. Uh, But I strongly believe hydrogen uh, will be an important contribution to the energy mix in the future. We talked about the energy mix and we also talked about efficient systems. But let me ask the question, what do you expect from that? I mean, what is the value? What can you create out of it? Is it really a big impact or is it more like, excuse me, but more like the greenwashing thing, which looks good on a website? I really ask myself, is it worth all the effort claudia are you really in it can you tell me (laughs) can you tell me is it really worth all the effort you're doing right now Yes, definitely. So uh, we know that that 40% of the energy in the EU is used in buildings and 90% of that are used for heating and hot water. So we do have a big lever here. It's it's not just um, a small lever. It's really one of the big levers. And if we can provide sustainable and efficient, energy efficient solutions to our customers, they can really make a contribution. And we want to support them um, Uh, want to offer them the solutions and and, and be part of that uh, to really make a change. Um, Konrad, since you're in several, um, you have activities in several sectors from, for example, from aerospace to automotive. And as you mentioned before, you're also in our everyday lives products. Isn't it a little bit too various because there are so many different applications and in my head right now I have the feeling that you just have to invent for every single application one one solution isn't that a little bit too yeah let's say non-focused right now because you need the money you you need the people to invent and and optimize all the things isn't it better to focus on one thing right now I don't believe in a one-size-fit-all solution, and uh, I believe in a competition of ideas. Uh, we try to be competitive by being innovative. We want to make our customers an offer that they can buy attractive solutions that help them to improve their products or make their products more sustainable. Um, and therefore, I don't think that we should say, well, this is the one and only solution. Honestly, I don't believe that this will drive then any further progress. I think it's rather the risk to say this is the one and only and then everybody has to buy the exact same thing because that would mean we all drive the same car. We live in the same house or in the same environment. We eat the same thing because that is one was agreed as the best Um And I don't want to live like that. I, as that an individual, would be really boring. Yeah, I as an individual would 
dislike standardization. Yeah, that would be the bad sci-fi version of <laughs> of that uh, scenario, yes. But uh, flexibility uh, is something you mentioned right now with your, yeah, we have to, to look what is best for which case. And that leads me to our closing uh, part of the podcast. Um, for those who are joining us the first time, we are always doing a ceiling test at the end of our podcast episode. That means um, re resilience uh, and flexibility. And resilience is the capability of a material to return to its initial state after a huge pressure. So, for example, the ceiling solution, ceiling has to be uh, resilient. And the other thing is, of course, flexibility. So, therefore, let me ask a question, Claudia. Um, Where do we need to become more resilient uh, to drive sustainability forward in 2021? <laughs> uh, for me personally, I, I, uh, when I hear resilience, I, I think about um, people who are denying about sustainability. Um, for me, this is um, yeah stressful to deal with such situations sometimes, and and to be then relaxed and step back and and say okay how to continue and how to get them. This is something I, I think about when, when I hear the word uh, resilience. And maybe you continue with uh, flexibility. Where do we have to become more flexible uh, in terms of sustainability? I think uh, flexibility, we need flexibility if we are trying out new things because they will not happen as planned. Um, and we need to be open to rethink, uh, to, uh, to, to take another direction as we originally planned to go. Um, I think there we need some flexibility and just trying out things. Conrad, so flexibility and resilience that accompanies your everyday life, for example, <laughs> in the Absolutely. ceiling testing uh, center of, of your company, which is very exciting. I, I just, uh, I, I've been there once and it was really, really exciting. So mm -hmm. uh, where do we need more resilience um, in terms of sustainability? Like in our products that are resilient and flexible, um, we need it everywhere. And I think it, what Claudia said is absolutely important. We we need more resilience in pursuing our objectives. Um, there will be drawbacks and we should not let ourselves deter being deteriorated by drawbacks. Uh, and we need to be flexible in finding uh, ways forward. N not every idea will, will pay out, but then we would need to find ways To, to get our missions accomplished, to achieve our targets. And that will require flexibility. Um, I could also say entrepreneurship, um, which for me is pretty much the same thing. Um, and so it is uh, the, the same token. Carry on on our way. Don't get distracted by drawbacks. <laughs> Mission, mission possible and mission accomplished. <laughs> so this, this is where the circle, where the circle ends, if a circle could ever end. But um, at the end of this podcast, normally we stop here because that is the last part of our podcast. But today. I really want to ask one last question from the audience. I, I have to say I loved it. I, I not just like it. I really love that question. So I want to ask that questions, uh, question at the end. And uh, maybe you can just give me a quick statement to that question. And the question is, what would you say to people who think it's too late to protect our planet? Claudia. 
Um, well, um, if it's too late or not, um, nevertheless, we just keep going. We, we, we need to try to change, to make a change and, and to try to find solutions and, and, and stopping because we think it's anyhow too late is just not the solution. So there's no alternative to we have to move on. I like that idea. Yes. I like that mindset. So, uh, Konrad, what do you say? Yeah, as an engineer, I believe that there is always a solution. It's never too late to, uh, late to give up. I think the key enabler uh, for a sustainable future is the sustainable energy. If we have abundant energy available that comes carbon and environmentally neutral. So we predominantly talk about carbon, but we should think about other sustainability impacts as well. Nothing comes for free. But if if we get right systems that we can have clean energy, then recycling is all of a sudden no longer a question of energy efficiency. Because if if we have abundant energy, we can do very many things, including, by the way, taking the carbon out of the atmosphere. So I think we, we, engineering and science can help us doing the right things. Giving up? No way. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, you, yeah, you pointed out clearly that uh, sustainability is not just an approach. It's a 360 degrees perspective. And I really love talking to you. Thanks for all your answers, for all your smart answers. Uh, and at the end, I just have to say mission accomplished. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you don't want to miss anything, just subscribe to our podcast. And of course, we are happy to receive feedback from you. So we're looking forward to your ratings and comments. And of course, we still want to answer your questions. Therefore, feel free to write us at info.podcasts at Thanks a lot and see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>